فاشرف بي لاشتغالي بالعلم ولا تبغي به ما عشت يدا بدلا ويا له من شرف عظيم So inshallah ta'ala we're now going to move on uh, onto al-wasail allati yatahaqqaq biha al-dabd al-matlub means that an individual can take to become one who has precision in knowledge. Before I go into that point, I have to bring to your attentions, inshallah ta'ala, that a person having dubbed precision in knowledge and <clears throat> understanding knowledge as it is, it doesn't mean Adam al zalal. It doesn't mean that you won't do a mistake. And this is very important. You could have dubbed. You can truly understand what knowledge is and have good comprehension. But that doesn't mean you won't do a mistake. Doing a mistake is something that comes from every single person. Except prophets. And Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, he doesn't. So al-ismah is not for anybody. From mistakes. Any scholar that you see, no one is free from mistakes. From the scholars, however high he is in station. Ibn Taymiyyah, he says, There's no, he said, little is an honorable person, a, a person who has status, a scholar, a, a respected man in the, in the, in the, in the, in the community. Except he has a shortcoming. He has a fault and a mistake. So every single person, wherever uh, form of knowledge they have, there's a mistake that's going to occur from them. It could be a doctor, it could be a driver, it could be a, a president, it could be a alim, it could be anyone. Zalla and a hafwa is present in a human. It's our, it's our innate natural disposition Allah Taala has placed in us. Um, <clears throat> that mistake that comes from those scholars and those people of knowledge is not, it doesn't come from ilm. When they do that mistake, it's not because they didn't comprehend knowledge or that they didn't have precision in knowledge. That's not the reason why. Or that they were ignorant about the principles of knowledge and qawa'id and usul and the kulliyat التي تتفرع منها الجزئيات. It wasn't because of that. The reason is because uh, other reasons. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah wrote a book called Raf'u al-Malam an A'immat al-Alam Lifting the blame from the worthy scholars and there was a time we went through that book and many years before I had actually gone through it uh, with a couple of students but in the future inshallah ta'ala I hope bi idhnillahi al-kareem to uh, record and go through it inshallah but Ibn Taymiyyah mentions 10 reasons so these scholars they didn't fall into it because of what? So that means, in conclusion of this particular point that I'm talking about, is that a person can be ضابط. He has precision in knowledge. And he has true understanding and comprehension. And he might slip into a particular in an issue. He might fall into a shortcoming in a particular issue. And he might go against an evidence. He might go against, against an evidence. But what he will not fall into, inshallah ta'ala, because of his dubbed is at-tanaqud, contradictions in ahkam. You won't see him contradicting himself. Now that I've mentioned that point, I have to now go into, inshallah ta'ala, the second point that I wanted to speak about in this sit of ours, in this lecture of ours. And that is, al-wasail al-mu'ina fi dabd al-ilm. What are the means that will aid you and help you to become a person who has precision in knowledge. So our first sit was all about what? It was the importance of having precision in knowledge. This sit, inshallah ta'ala, this lecture is going to be the second part, is going to be about what? How to gain it. And how to receive it. There are two ways. 
in order to become a person who has precision in knowledge and truly understands knowledge. The first one is صِفَاتٌ يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَتَحَلَّى بِهَا طَالِبُ الْعِلْمِ لِتَحْقِيقِ الضَّبْطِ الْمَطْلُوبِ Characteristics that a student of knowledge should adorn himself with to become one who has precision in knowledge. Characteristics as that the student of knowledge needs to have. And when he comes with those characteristics and those attributes, he will, be ha- he will have precision in knowledge. The second one is Al-Manhajiyyatul Amaliyyah Lidabtil Ilmi Wa Fahmi The second one is A methodology A practical methodology In having Or to have precision in knowledge It's a manhajiyah Methodology A practical methodology That a student of knowledge will need to tread on In order to have precision in knowledge so let's start with the first of the two, which is صِفَاتٌ يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَتَحَلَّى بِهَا الطَّالِبُ الْعِلْمِ لِتَحَقِيقِ الضَّبْضِ الْمَطْلُوبِ The first one was what? Characteristics and attributes that the student should adorn himself with لِتَحَقِيقِ الضَّبْضِ الْمَطْلُوبِ In order to have precision in knowledge. The first topic we're going to bring out uh, points that a person should have with him. The first one is al-ikhlas, sincerity. That the person has sincerity. Mukhlisan lillahi azza wa jalla fi talabihi lil-ilm. You have to have sincerity in the knowledge that you are seeking, that you are sincere about it. And you also have to be sincere in your striving and wanting to understand knowledge. You have to be sincere. Whilst you're trying to understand knowledge and you're trying to comprehend it, you have to be sincere in that. It shouldn't be dunyawi. It shouldn't be for a worldly gain. That's not what your purpose should be. لذلك كعب ابن مالك رضي الله تعالى عنه he said that the Prophet ﷺ said من طلب العلم anyone who seeks knowledge ليجاري به العلماء أو ليماري به السفهاء أو يصرف به وجوه الناس إليه أدخله الله النار A person learns knowledge and his only main goal for knowledge is what? He wants to compete with the scholars in belittling them. Uh, or he wants to uh, laugh in the face of the people. And say, look at how much I know. Look at my comprehension. Look what, what kind of person. I look how high I am. Or he wants the people's faces to be directed at him. He wants to, spot, he wants to have the spotlight. أَدْخَلَهُ اللَّهُ النَّارِ Allah will place him in the hellfire. And this hadith alone uh, scares the student of knowledge. فَطَلَبُ الْعِلْمِ then, this hadith teaches us that seeking knowledge should be أَيَكُونَ لِلَّهِ should be for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no other goal and no other objective should be in you. It should be only for Allah's sake subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلِذَلِكَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنُ مُبَارَكَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُ He says, رحمه الله he said أول العلم النية the first thing the first stepping stone the first uh, part of knowledge is attentions the first thing is intention in other words that your intention is correct and it's pure you're doing all of this تبتغي بذلك وجه الله you're doing all of this Try to gain the face of Allah. That's what you want. And then he goes on to say, what's the next one? ثُمَّ الْإِسْتِبَاعُ Listening. ثُمَّ الْفَهْمُ Then comprehending. ثُمَّ الْحِفْضُ Then memorizing. ثُمَّ الْعَمَلُ And then implementing. ثُمَّ النَّشْرُ And then spreading that knowledge. But the first one is what? أَوَّلُ الْعِلْمَ النِّيَّةِ The first thing a person has to have is intentions. لذلك الإمام أحمد رحمه الله he said, الْعِلْمُ لَا يَعْدِلُهُ شَيْءٍ there's nothing like knowledge and there's nothing equal to it but it's for the person whose intentions is good they said to Imam Ahmed how would this person perfect his intention how and Imam Ahmed said he intends 
to remove ignorance from himself first. His concern is, I just don't want to be a jahil anymore. An nafsi, number one. And then he wants to uplift ignorance from the, the people by educating them, by teaching them, by... So the thing, the thing that the person intends is what? You intend to remove ignorance from yourself. In other words, you want to worship Allah what? You want to worship Allah upon insight, with knowledge. And then what do you want after that? Then you want to show the people the khair. You want to show them Allah, Allah's legislations and rules and regulations. And so they can worship Allah upon insight. Hulaybi said, وقال الحليمي حليمي said, ينبغي لطالب العلم It is necessary for a student of knowledge أن يكون تعلمه للعلم That his seeking of knowledge is a student of knowledge it is obligatory it is necessary for a student of knowledge for his seeking of knowledge and also the scholar in his teaching of knowledge they both have to be for what? it has to be for the sake of Allah no other reason لا يريد به The student does not want from it التعلم أن يكسب He does not want to gain from it بما تعلمه مالا He doesn't want to He doesn't want to gain wealth for it and money anything أو يزداد به في الناس جاهل أو he gains a position in the community they lift him up أو على أقران استعلاء أو لأضاضي إقماء إقماء أو he doesn't want to have a high position over his peers and he doesn't also want the people who he's against for them to become humiliated because he's now great gain knowledge that's not what it is for him because إقماء means أي ذل وإذلال ولا يريد العالم that's the student of knowledge ولا يريد العالم and the scholar does not intend بتعليمه by teaching the people he doesn't intend from it أن يكثر الآخذون عنه he doesn't want to increase the followers that he has that's not really why he's not learning knowledge so he can have a large amount of followers thousands of people are following him he wants fame from it وإذا أحسوا وجدوا أكثر من الآخذين عن غيره and if they're counted the majority of the people are not taking from him ولا يكون علمه so that's not his intent. His intent is not that less people take from others and they all take from him. And that he makes his followers large and his group, group larger. And he also doesn't intend And he doesn't also intend that his knowledge becomes the most apparent. He just wants his knowledge to be the one that's up there. بَلْ يُرِيدُ الْعَالِمُ But rather the scholar, what he intends is أَدَاءَ الْأَمَانَةِ He just wants to fulfill this response, this amana that is upon him. بِنَشْرِ مَا حَصَلَ عِنْدَهُ The knowledge that he's been gaining all this time of his life. He just wants to take that responsibility and place it in its right place. He wants to fulfill it. وَإِحْيَاءَ مَعَالِمِ الدِّينَ And he also wants to bring life to the Islamic principles, the Islamic laws and regulations and the symbols of Islam. He wants to bring it back. And he wants to protect it from and to daras, that it doesn't perish and it doesn't go. As Abu Huraira narrated, as it's been narrated that Abu Huraira said, if it was not for a verse, in the book of Allah, لَمَا حَدَّتُّكُمْ If it wasn't for a verse, in the book of Allah, I would never have told you any narrations. I would never have quoted any hadith for you. And then he recited the ayah, in Surah Al-Imran, ayah 187. وَإِذْ أَخَذَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this verse, I have taken a covenant from the people of knowledge and the people of understanding. 
that you will clarify matters to the people. And you will not conceal it. And then he goes on to say, وَيُرِيدُ الْمُتَعَلِّمُ عِبَادَةَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ بِطَلِبِ الْعِلْمِ الدِّينِ So, he intends, the student who is seeking knowledge, he intends to worship Allah tabarak wa ta'ala in seeking this knowledge. He believes every day he's studying and he's learning, he's actually in a ibadah. عَلَىٰ عِلْمِ الدِّينِ لِيَتَوَصَّلَ بِهِ إِلَىٰ تَعَلُّبِهِ هَا وَيُرِيدُ الْمُتَعَلِّمُ عِبَادَةَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ بِطَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ الدِّينِ End of quote. وَلِذَلِكَ كَانَ الشَّافِعِيُّ رَحِمُهُ اللَّهِ يَقُولُ And also Imam Shafi'i used to say وَدِدْتُ I wish أَنَّ النَّاسَ تَعَلَّمُوا الْعِلْمَ وَلَمْ يُنْسَبْ إِلَيَّ شَيْءٌ مِنْهُ الإمام الشافعي رحمه الله He said وَدِدْتُ I wish أَنَّ النَّاسَ تَعَلَّمُوا that the people took knowledge from me وَلَمْ يُنْسَبْ إِلَيَّ شَيْءٌ مِّنْهُ But nothing is attributed to me. More like, he said, وَدِدْتُ أَنَّ النَّاسَ تَعَلَّمُوا I wish that the people learned, that they studied knowledge, but nothing is attributed to me. In other words, what he wants is أَيَتْعَلَّمَ النَّاسِ That the people learn. Not that the people say, تَعَلَّمْنَا مِنَ الشَّافِعِي We learned from Shafi'i and Shafi'i was our shaykh and he taught us. He doesn't want that. Ibn Jama'ah, he says, حُسْنُ النِّيَّةِ فِي طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ بِأَنْ يُقْصِدَ بِأَنْ يُقْصَدَ Ibn Jama'ah says, حُسْنُ النِّيَّةِ Good intentions. فِي طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ in gaining the knowledge. Is what? بِأَنْ يُقْصَدَ بِهِ وَجْهُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Is to try to gain the face of Allah. وَلَعَمَلَ بِهِ and to implement it. وَتَنْوِيرُ قَلْبِهِ وَتَجْلِيَةُ بَاطِلِهِ and to enlighten your heart and to clean and purify from your heart. وَالْقُرْبُ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى and trying to get closer to Allah. يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ the day of judgment. وَالتَّعَرُّضَ لِمَا عَدَّهُ أَعَدَّ لِأَهْلِهِ مِنْ رِضْوَانِهِ وَعَظِيمِ فَضْلِهِ and also gaining that which Allah has placed for the people who are Ahlul Ilm, the people of knowledge, that Allah is going to be pleased with them and the great virtues that they're going to gain. That's what his intentions are. So good intention means that you intend the space of Allah for this. You're doing this for Allah's sake. You're implementing it. You're trying to place light inside your heart. You're trying to remove from your heart uh, any filth and dirt that is in it. You're trying to get closer to Allah by this. So when you meet him the day of judgment, he will give you a station and a position of the people of knowledge. So that is the first characteristics that a student of knowledge should adorn himself with. The second one is الطلب, that you are truthful in your seeking of knowledge. You're very truthful. And that is you're truthful. And what does it mean to be truthful? It means that your seeking of knowledge and you're striving to gain knowledge, nothing else gets in the way of, the way of it. Nothing else you let it go get in your way. Rather, you are truthful in seeking it. And that is called Tawheedul Talab. What do I mean by Tawheedul Talab? You single, you are singling, you are singling, the seeking of knowledge from everything else. It's alone, by itself. You have no other heart intention, you have no other uh, desire for anything else. All it is for you, day and night, is al-ilmu, al-ilmu, al-ilmu. Knowledge, 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 knowledge. And you don't associate partners with it. You single it. The Prophet said to the man who took Islam after he told the Prophet وسلم, Ya Rasulullah, is this what Allah made obligatory on you? And the Prophet told him, this is what he made obligatory on me. And then he said, I'm going to do it. When the man turned away, the Prophet وسلم, he said, um, he said it to his face, the man, the Prophet said it to him, In tasduq, in tasduq illaha yasduq.
if you are truthful with Allah, Allah will be truthful. In other words, if you are truthful with Allah, Allah Taala will give you what you want. And the Sahabi was killed uh, as he wished until the Prophet Sallallahu said, Allah. He was truthful to Allah and Allah Taala fulfilled what he promised for him. So the person who's seeking knowledge, if he comes with truthfulness, yeah, if he comes with truthfulness in the seeking of knowledge, then what he needs to remember is that, what he needs to remember is, Allah Taala is going to allow you to gain what you want and reach the kuruz, the gems and the jewels that you're looking for. And Ibn Qayyim, because some of you may wonder what's the difference between al-ikhlas and al-sidq. Ibn Al-Qayyim says, بينه, the difference between a sidq and al-ikhlas is is that we have to distinguish between two things. The thing that the person is seeking and the one who he's seeking. So we're looking at, you're trying to seek knowledge. But whose sake are you seeking it for? Singling, the one you're doing this action for is called ikhlas. But singling the action is called as-sidq. The ultimate goal is Allah. That is ikhlas, sincerity. Sidq means the means that you're taking, the means that you're taking, singling that is called as-sidq. So I'm seeking knowledge for Allah's sake. That is ikhlas. As for singling knowledge from all other things, doing it fully, alone, by not getting preoccupied with anything else, this is called as-sidq. So a student of knowledge should have no other intention. And that's why a lot of people don't gain knowledge, because they don't have sidq. They're not truthful towards knowledge. He only wants to seek knowledge in a dars that the teacher is teaching. 99.9% of the time, he's on social media. He's on Twitter. All day he's posting things. He's telling the people, read Quran. Well, why don't you read it and focus on you studying the Quran, learning the Quran, instead of just posting it all day on, on social media. Some people are sincere and they want to benefit others about it. Another issue is, the only time people study is when they are put in a position where they can't do anything else, so then, they, then and only then do they study. Like it, it has to be something you love. Something you're addicted to. Something even if you wanted to stop, you can't stop. That's how much it is for you. If you look at social media today, and these are people who are meant to be students of knowledge, tulabul ilm, all they're talking about is politics, business, hunting. Uh, or when I say hunting here, I mean income and making money and huh? how to gain something, how to achieve something. All day gatherings, let's meet, let's go out, rest restaurants, friends, let's meet, we'll go to the restaurant today, we're going to eat together. This is these jalasat, these sittings that they have that are a waste of time. All of these are things that get away, get in the way of seeking knowledge and not being able to be precise in knowledge. That time that you're going out and you're eating at restaurants or you're posting on Instagram or you're looking at other people's comments or you're responding to this comment or this comment and you're, you're wasting your time like that. Do you not know there was a mas'ala you could have understood even more? And you could have gone even deeper into it and have even more fam and understanding and precision of it. Well, I, I know people who spend hours reading comments. Hours. Reading comments. Reading tweets. Reading Facebook posts. Going to Instagram. 
watching this and doing this. Wallahi, if they read every day of that time, they read the Quran and they studied, they would be scholars by now. They would be ulama, hufad, hufad. I'm not doing ulu, it's the reality. Two to three hours, if you sat down, that you're looking at this tweet or looking at that, if you just sat down and you studied, you would have seen a lot of amazement. The third characteristics that a student of knowledge should adorn himself with is al-himmatul aliyah, high aspirations. والصبر and patient على ما يناله طالب العلم من مشقته من مشقته في طالب العلم. High aspiration and patient on the hardship that you will go through whilst trying to gain knowledge. Knowledge, wallahi, requires patience. It's not easy. It requires a lot of patience. And then be even precise in it. It requires even more patience. لذلك الله سبحانه وتعالى says in the Quran in Surah Al Imran Ayah 200, يا أيها الذين آمنوا صبروا وصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون. All those of you who believe, be patient. Patience. لذلك عبد الله بن عباس رضي الله تعالى عنهما. He said when he said لما توفي رسول الله when the Prophet died. قلت قلت لرجل من الأنصار I said to a man from the people of Ansar. I said to the people, a man from the people of Ansar. I said to him, Ya Fulan, Halumma falnas al ashab al Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, fa'innahum al yoma kathirun. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, Radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam died, he said, I went to a man from the people of Ansar. And I said to him, Come, let's go. And go to the companions of the Messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we ask them. In other words, we take knowledge from them. For verily, the Sahabas are large in number today. In other words, they're going to die, so let's take all that which we need from them. This shows you the wisdom and the hikmah and the truth brain of this noble companion Ibn Abbas. I remember... Some brothers I said to many years ago, Ya Akhi, come, I'm going to travel to this country, I'm going to meet some of the mashayikh and the ulama, and inshallah ta'ala they may go over through, through, this is many years ago, they'll go over three or four books with us, come with benefit. Those years went by, they didn't come with me, years went by, they didn't come, years went by, I saw those same students, that's if shadid, Go and sit in that same lesson, sitting with a brother who came with me to that class. So what have they done? They've not taken it from the people of knowledge, but they take it from the student of people of knowledge. Other students, I said to them, all the time you're in the masjid, you're... Alhamdulillah. <coughs> I said, to him, I said to him that you're in the masjid, you're part of the administration, mashayikh come. All you're doing is you're supervising and you're running. Sit down, take a chair. And those times when the mashayikh come, the dawrat that happen, sit down and listen. Excuses. So the problem, brothers, is this, this is issues can happen. Which is that when Ibn Abbas said to this man, come, let's do it. Look what he responded. He said, وَعَجَبَ لَكَ يَا Ibn Abbas. Some people, will not, not only would they not come with you, but they will even try to hurt you. And they will say to you, 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 people are going to need you. And he said that to his sahabi, noble companion. He said, وَعَجَبَ لَكَ يَا بْنَ عَبَّاسِ Fascination be with you, Ibn Abbas. أَتَرَى النَّاسِ يَحْتَاجُونَ إِلَيْكَ Do you see the people going to need you? Do you think that the people are going to need you? وَفِي النَّاسِ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ مَنْ تَرَى And you see the noble companions are alive. I'll say to you, do you think people are going to need you when the ulama are alive? Huh? Those people, you look at them, they have low aspiration. Leave them. The ulama are alive. Al-allama Salih al-Fawzan is alive. Al-allama Shaykh Salih al-Suhim is alive. You see? So they'll say to you, Atara al-nas yahtajuna ilayka. Do you think the people are going to need you? 
And you see from the companions of the Messenger who you see. Ibn Abbas didn't want to listen to that. He left that. And he goes, I went to go seek knowledge and gain it from the Sahabas. And sometimes it will reach me, a hadith is with a particular companion. And so he said, I will travel to him and I will go to him. And Ibn Abbas goes, I would place my uh, cloth or garment over my face, cover my face, and sit next to, uh, lie down next to his bed. And the wind would blow over my face and the sand would go into my hair and my face. This companion would come out and he would then say to me, Ya ibn Ammi Rasulillah, the Prophet's cousin, Ma jaa bika, what brought you? Ala arsalta ilayya fati. Why didn't you send somebody to me uh, to tell me that I'll come to you? If you wanted something, why didn't you send somebody to me and then I would have come to you? Fa'aqulu Abdullah ibn Abbas said, I will respond by saying no. Ana ahaqu an atiyaka. I am the one who should come to you. Fa'as'aluhu anil hadith. And then I will ask him about a hadith. Qala fabaqiya al-rajulu hatta ra'ani wa qad ijtama'a al-nasu alayya. And he said, the man... The man, and he, I lived together, we lived. And he said, but what happened, the difference is that he saw me and the people all gathered around me. And then look what he responded by saying, he said, This young boy is more smarter than I am. He's much smarter than me. He said, this young boy is greater and smarter, he's more smarter than I am. And Ibn Abbas understood the kalam that this Ansari man was saying is not what he wants to come with. He has Himma Ali, high aspirations. He knew that he wanted to gain a great portion of knowledge, and la shakka wa la he did. So he was patient upon seeking knowledge, and he put his leg, legs down. He went and traveled. He's a noble companion of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. He met the Messenger. He's the cousin of the Messenger. He's from the family of the Prophet. And he had to sleep in front of a door. Let the wind go into his hair and his face. And he, sallallahu ta'ala anhu, would say to the person, no. And the scholars, they took from this, knowledge, you go to it. It doesn't come to you. Knowledge, you go to it. It doesn't come to you. And Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, what did he do for Ibn Abbas? Baraza, he became apparent, he became known. Allah made him an imam min a'immatil huda wal ilm. Allah made him from the a'immah of our time that we follow in guidance and in knowledge. Imam Muslim rahimahullah, he narrated in his Sahih a statement of Yahya ibn Abi Kathir. أحد أئمة التابعين that he said and this statement is very famous is عبارة مشهورة and I made a lecture on this alone which is لا لا ينال العلم براحة الجسد you will not gain knowledge with a, a relaxed body فالعلم بالتعلم to gain knowledge you have to seek it والحلم بالتعلم and if you want to have forbearance you have to try to work to gain it and anyone who comes with patience, Allah will give him patience. Anyone who strives to want to gain patience, Allah is going to give him patience. So, you can gain knowledge by striving. Sitting somewhere and wishing to be a hafid of the Quran, or sitting somewhere and wishing to be a scholar is not going to bring you anything. You have to go out of your way, you have to do things that the ordinary people are not going to do for knowledge. You have to strive, you have to do the unthinkable when it comes to seeking knowledge. Two things, my beloved brothers and sisters, you have to divide from one another. They can't, they, they, they contradict each other, they don't work together. Just like water and fire cannot be with each other. The same is what? Knowledge and gaining it 
and having a relaxed body. Being in a comfort, comfortable uh, lifestyle and gaining knowledge don't work. Never. So you trying to push these together is probably why you're not gaining knowledge. And this is the true meaning of high aspiration. High aspiration means that you will understand that nothing can work with knowledge. Other than what? Other than the statements of the Salaf. Amr ibn al was asked. They said to him, Min ayna laka al-ilm? Where have you gained all this knowledge from? And then he said, I left of reliance on anything. He doesn't rely, I don't rely on myself. I don't rely on anybody. Bilad, I travel the land. He's trying to seek knowledge. I'm patient, like the patience of the donkey. The donkey gets beaten. Things are put on him. He's just working. And I leave early, just like the crow leaves early. The crow, he leaves in the morning. And this person is telling you he's a student of knowledge. Wallah, he's telling you he's a student of knowledge. And you see him sleeping all night, and then he wakes up at dhuhr time. And he's telling you he's a student when he wants to learn. What student of knowledge wakes up at that time? What student of knowledge? Any student of knowledge. لَيْسَ لَهُ وِرْدٌ مِنَ اللَّيْلِ At night he's not awake and he doesn't have a portion of prayer. And the student of knowledge, who after Fajr, does not then go read Qur'an and study from that time onwards, there's nothing to hope for him. You are fooling yourself, you're lying to yourself. Because this noble alim, Amir ibn Shalahabil al-Sha'bi, this is his statement, when he, told, when he was asked how he gained knowledge. And with that, wallahi fabihada yunalu al-ilm. A person is going to gain knowledge like that. And Imam Malik, rahimahullah, look what he says. He said, Inna hadha al-amra la yunalu. This matter, which is knowledge, is not gained. Hatta yudaqa fi ta'amul faqri. Until you taste poverty. You want to enjoy yourself and have a comfort life and a lifestyle that's so enjoyable. But you want to gain knowledge, as, knowledge with it as well. Two opposites don't come together. It's impossible. It doesn't happen. So you need to remember, the minute you want to gain knowledge, huh, is the day you have to be ready to lose every money that you have. And lose wealth. لذلك, some of the Aymatul Salaf students would come to them and say, I want to gain knowledge. And they will respond by saying to them, Abshir, glad tidings of a poverty that's not going to leave you. If you're real about seeking knowledge and this is a true path that you've chosen to take, then we'll also give you the glad tidings of poverty that's not going to leave you. Whilst you're in the spotlight of knowledge and you're trying to gain it, then what you need to be ready for is your health is going to go. Your health will go. Your you lose your closest community family members, the wife, and you will be on issues of problems. Your children, your lifestyle. When you say, I'm going to be sadiq, truthful for knowledge, you lose everyone around you. You lose everyone. People try to tell you they want to call you, they want to speak to you, they want to, you're, everybody is left. But Imam al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah, he said, he said it's upon the student of knowledge to reach the pinnacle of his efforts. Not just say, oh, I'm going to put an effort in. You have to reach the unthinkable in your efforts. So much effort you put into. In increasing your knowledge. Don't stop. There's no stopping here. Knowledge is It's an ocean. There's no shore. We're just going to be in that river all day. Your knowledge is an ocean like that. It has no shore. It has no place where you come and it stops. So your whole life you're going to carry on. Imam Ahmed, an old age, old age. He was carrying a, as we would say right now, pen and paper. And they said to him, Ila Mata Ahmed, 
Ya Abdullah ila mata. For how long are you going to be like this? All your life you're going to be carrying pain. You're writing, you're studying. Relax now. And Imam Ahmad said, La. No. From the cradle to the grave, I'll carry on. It's no stopping. This has no stopping. From the cradle to the grave. So you see the Salaf, they didn't have no stopping point. And the problem that makes us become like that is when you study at university and you do your masters and then you go for your PhD, there's nothing after it. But what you don't really understand is university is actually an introduction. PhD is only an introduction. The real knowledge is what you take after you graduate from university, after you become a doctor, after you take it all. That's when it really starts for you. You've only now started seeking knowledge. University was only to open your eyes. That's the reality of it. But we've misunderstood it. We've actually thought that PhD means you finish knowledge. That you've what? You finish knowledge. Now what it is, is that you've been given the tools to carry on what you started. PhD means you've actually been given keys to carry on what you started. And that's how Salaf Wahadi Al-Ummah understood it. And if you look at the biography of a Salaf, the, the scholars and the pious predecessors, and how, patient, how the patience that they showed in knowledge, and how they spent their lives in this and their wealth, then you would be you you would you would be amazed. And there are a lot. And you can look into those books if you wish so. ولذلك أبو يوسف القاضي صاحب أبو حنيفة استون أبو حنيفة رحمه الله he said العلم شيء knowledge is something لا يعطيك بعضه حتى تعطيه كله knowledge is something that will not give you some unless you give everything knowledge won't give you some unless you give everything you own so if you don't put everything in your in the basket you ain't getting even nothing back in return. So once knowledge sees that you've given it all you have, it would then respond to you by saying, okay, here's something. Here is something, not everything, but something. Because nobody will ever die and has gained all knowledge. No one is. As far as the per if the person, he just reads books here and there, he goes to halaqa here and there, he studies books, all he's going to gain is thaqafa amma, overall understanding. And you're never going to become a person. You're not going to learn qawaid and usul like that. And you're not going to have tamakun in fil'ilm. You're not going to be rooted and strong in knowledge. Abadan. The way to become like that is giving it everything you have. The fourth Characteristics that a student of knowledge needs to adorn himself is al-amalu bil-ilmi, implementing the knowledge you know. A person has to be one the knowledge he is gaining, and then he is he's got that he is going to give implementation in response to it. And implementing knowledge is one of the ways to hold knowledge down. It's, it's how to understand it. It's how to make sure that it doesn't leave you. Imam Zuhri said, There are things that corrupt knowledge. From the things that corrupt knowledge is, Until implementation of it is left, and the knowledge leaves you. The person leaves implementation, and then the knowledge just goes. So leaving off فَتَرْكُ الْعَمَلِ يُذْهِبُ الْعِلْمَ Leaving off implementation means that you're going to lose that knowledge that you have. Imam al-Sha'bi, Amr ibn al he said, كُنَّا نَسْتَعِيرُ عَلَى حِفْظِ الْحَدِيثِ بِالْعَمَلِ بِهِ The way we used to keep the memorization of hadith is by implementing it. If you want to hold down knowledge, then the way to do that is what? By memorization, uh, by implementation. So the way to keep the memory memorization that you have is by implementing it. 
الحافظ ابن صلاح رحمه الله said وروينا عن وكيع وكيع ابن جراح الرؤاسي he said أن قال إذا أردت أن تحفظ العلم حديثة فعمل به وكيع ابن جراح الرؤاسي said if you want to memorize a hadith implement it The implementation here is what? It means you worship Allah in that knowledge that you learned. So for example, if you learn the dua to say when you go into the toilet, you worship Allah with this. أعوذ بكلمات الله اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الخبث والخبائث اللهم إني اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الخبث والخبائث and then when you come out, you say Ghufranak. You worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this dua. You implement it. This is ibadah nafsiyah. The implementation also means التعليم والتبليغ Conveying it and teaching it is also falls under this. It's a form of implementation. Because the, the money has what? The money that you, you own, what do you have to pay from it? Zakat, right? The zakat of knowledge, knowledge has zakat, has zakat. Wa zakatul ilmi, the zakat of knowledge is to teach it and to implement it. It's the zakat that money owns, that knowledge you pay from the, the knowledge that you have. The fifth characteristic that a student of knowledge needs to have is what? Adam al-isti'jali bi-talib al-nata'iji wa-thimar. That you don't hasten in the results and the outcome. Take your time. Calm down and don't hasten. Don't throw yourself all at once. Think to yourself that one week seminar, one week seminar will teach you everything. This is just a muqaddimah. It's an eye-opener. And because of this, because of thinking that you can gain knowledge in a very short time, people thought they go to a course they finish, they come out, automatically they think they are shuyukh, mashayikh, ahlul ilm. So what happened? Tara'us. Tara'us happened. Tamashyukh. And also others who thought they are alama, scholars and people of knowledge. The reason this happened to them is because they did not understand that what they have just gained is really just the beginning. It's just the, it's the beginning, it's the starting point. And this is a dangerous, cancerous illness. When the Prophet وسلم, he said to the companions when he saw them suffering from the harms of the disbelievers, he said, وَلَكِنَّكُمْ قَوْمٌ تَسْتَعْجِلُونَ You are a group of people who are hasten. You are too hasten. And this is after he saw them being physically harmed. They were, his, they were going through hardship. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Walakinnakum qawmun tastajilun." You are a group of people who are hasty. You're very hasty. You want to conquer the world. You want to take over everything one time. Just the same way is knowledge, victory, and knowledge and everything. It comes by time. It has to be done in, with a process. Yunus ibn Yazid, he said that Ibn Shihab al-Zuhri said to him, Ya Yunus, O Yunus, la tukabir al-ilm, don't try to take all knowledge at once. فَإِنَّ الْعِلْمَ أُوْدِيَةٌ Knowledge is an ocean. فَأَيُّهَا أَخَذْ فِي قَطَعَ بِكَ قَبْلَ أَن تَبْلُغَهُ In other words, knowledge, it requires patience and calmness from you. Take it with as time, gradual, days, months. Don't try to take knowledge all at once. Don't try to take all portion at once. Make. Anyone who tries to take knowledge all at once, it will all leave him at once. Days and months. The knowledge that you take gradual 
is what stays with you. And anything you take all at once is going to go. So what does knowledge need? I said it needs patience. It needs ta'anni. Ta'anni. Wa'tadarruj. Bil-isti'jal. Calm. Gradual. Grow. Keep it going. And then what will happen? You will gradually become very strong. If you look at some of the fatawa, the verdicts that come from the scholars. So-called scholars. Or their ta'silat that are introduced or those students of knowledge who come with fatawa shad strange fatawa that are very strange or they come with ta'silat they bring foundations muqtara'ah that are introduced and then you see them started to go into big matters and they speak about issues which are nawazil contemporary issues that require scholars to talk about. And they're talking all this way before the scholars have even spoken. The scholars are sitting, trying to write down, trying to bring their thoughts together. You see this person jumping around doing the fatwa for the scholars, or speaking before the scholars. The reason why is because isti'jal, hastening, before the time has come. And like the scholars, they say, مَنِ اسْتَعْجَلَ شَيْءٌ قَبْلَ أَوَانِي عُقِبَ بِحُرْمَارِي Anyone who hastens something before its timing, he will be prohibited. As for if the person is taking the fatwa of the ulama and he's then submitting that without him speaking, but he's saying this is what the scholars have. He's a napkin, he's a transmitter. Huh? He's a transmitter. He's transmitting what the ulama, the fatwa they gave. What we're talking about here is a person who he thinks he can produce the fatwas. And that he can give the verdict. As for if this person is bringing the aqwal of the ulama and the fatawa of the scholars and he's transmitting it to the people and saying this nazila that has happened, shiyukh and the ulama spoke about it and this is the ruling they gave. There's nothing wrong with this person. What we're talking about is people who are giving verdicts themselves. They're placing تأصيلات وصول قواعد ما أنزل الله بها من سلطان. No alim has said this. They introduced it. And then they start to speak about مسائل عظام big matters, opening their tongues on these issues, and the scholars have not yet said anything about it, and they've not spoken about it. Anyone who has that is من استعجل شيء قبل أوانه عقب بحرمانه. Then you remember that this person will be prohibited from a lot of knowledge that he could have learned. A lot of things they could have received. The sixth characteristic is mulazamatil ulama. Spending your time with the scholars. Calling them all the time. And taking knowledge from the ulama. And revising these issues to the scholars and saying, what is this issue? What did you mean by this? I didn't understand what you meant by this. What in particular is this and this? It's very important. And any opportunities you get, you travel and you meet the scholars and you read books on them. Don't suffice yourself with just books and reading and going through books only. Knowledge is not taken except from the scholars. And you can't gain knowledge that you read so much. And not excessive memorization. Abadan. Rather the matter is going to the people of knowledge. The people of knowledge and taking it from their mouths. ولذلك عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله تعالى عنه السيز ألا وإن الناس بخير ما أخذوا العلم عن أكابرهم Verily the people are upon good as long as they take knowledge from their scholars The word أكابر here means علماء أهل العلم من أهل السنة That's what it means ولم يقوم الصغير على الكبير And that the one who is small in knowledge does not stand up against the one who is old and great in knowledge فتجرأ طالب العلم الصغير على العلماء 
And a student, a very small student of knowledge doesn't That's what he means by that statement. The day you see a student of knowledge speaking about big mountains, open his mouth on Sheikh Al-Bani, opening his mouth on Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih Uthaymin, open his mouth on Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Baz, Sheikh Salih Al-Fawzad, Sheikh Abdul Muhsa Abbad, and others. This person, when you see that, فَقَدْ هَلَكُوا destruction. Destruction is on its way. And this shows us what the statement of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, what does it show us? That the student of knowledge has to be behind the scholars and the people of knowledge and Ahlul Ilm. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, لَا يَزَالُ النَّاسُ بِخَيْرٍ The people are upon good as long as what? مَا أَتَاهُمُ الْعِلْمُ as long as knowledge comes to them, min akabirihim, from their scholars and the people of knowledge. And if knowledge comes to them from the ones whose knowledge are yet small, then they're destroyed. And this is the, Ibn Abdul Bar, Al Hafiz, Ibn Abdul Bar, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Ibn Abdul Bar in his kitab, Jabir Bayad al Ilm wa Fadli, and Imam al Khatib al Baghdadi, the word Asagir. They mention that it means that Asagir here is Ahlul Bid'ah. And this is the view of Abdullah ibn Mubarak. So it's not age, it's knowledge and the person of the Sunnah. So the Kubara are the people of knowledge and age with knowledge. mujarrad As for mere age with no knowledge in it, there's no khair in this. How many people are old and they don't know istinja? Uh, so that's not what the aqwal of the Aymat al-Salaf mean. There's a kitab, it's called Al-Ulama'i Al-Ladheena Lam Yablughu Sinna Al-Ashid. Scholars who didn't age. Al-Imam Al-Nawi, he died at the age of 40. Ibn Abdul Hadi, he died at the age of 38. Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i, Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i. He has a madhab, yutba. He's 52. Huh? 50? 52, sah? And Imam Shafi'i, because he was born at the year 105, and then he died at the year 100, no, two, 56. 56. Imam Shafi'i, 56. Imam Shafi'i, 56 is small. It's very young. All of that is what? All of that is, the issue is, Al-Asagir, Ahlul Bida'ah, and it means, Al-Asagir fil ilm and small in knowledge. They're not foundated on knowledge. When you look at their fatwa, the fatwa of the ulama is on two different ways. This person is not an alim. The athar that came regarding taking knowledge from the ulama and not sufficing yourself with books and articles on the internet or, and etc. You would be able to go to the books of Ibn Abdul Bar, Jabir Bayr Ilm Fadlihi or Khatib al-Baghdadi's Mu'allafat and Ibn Jama'ah and others, the books of Adam and whatnot, Kitab Hili Talib al-Ilm by Sheikh Bakr Abu Zayd and other books that are, that speak about this. But here I want inshallah ta'ala transmit one kalam which is nafis, nafis, very noble statement. Al-Ishshatibi rahimahullah, al-Imam al-Shatibi in this particular issue. Which he mentions, and that knowledge cannot be sought, cannot be gained except from the scholars. And that the student should take the knowledge directly from the mouth of the people of knowledge. Or the second stage, which is that after he's taking it from the scholars, he then goes and takes it from the, the books. He mentions something very important that I'm going to go through. He says, the scholar who's mutahakik, who's grounded and he's rooted, and he's precise in knowledge, he has signs and things to identify him with. And then he mentions uh, some, and then the second one he goes, the second one he goes, the second way to identify is, Scholars have nurtured him. He was nurtured, he was cultivated by scholars in this knowledge that he has. By taking it from them. 
وملازمتي لهم and he was consistent with them فهو الجدير بأن يتصف بما اتصفوا به من ذلك so then he should be also attributed to and also seen as the scholars he took from because he's been nurtured by them and he's been uh, cultivated by them they grew they nurtured him you see and he was with them consistently so it's necessary that he's also looked at like them you see وهكذا كان شأن السلف الصالح and that's how the salaf al-salih is the person would go take from the scholars and the lady he would become a scholar and then he mentions the story of Umar radiallahu anhu Imam al-Shatibi rahimahullah and uh, uh, that Umar radiallahu anhu when he spoke to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the bat in Hudaybiyah he kept coming back to the Prophet and then he brings the statement of Sahal ibn Hanif the companion who said to the people ayyuhal nas O people ittahimu ra'yakum suspect your opinions wallahi laqad ra'aytuni you guys saw me yawma abi jandal in the day of abi jandal والله أن لو أني أستطيع أن أرد أمر رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا رددت وذلك يوم أبي جندل. If I was to if I ever was to able to reject the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم's command, I would have rejected the day of Abi Jandal when the Prophet gave him out. So it was very hard for them. The companion came with shackles, just came to the Prophet, and the Prophet said, "Go back. I have nothing to to do for you." If I was ever going to refuse the Prophet's statement, I would have done it that day. And I never. So I never sus- suspect your opinions because that day we suspected how is it going to be, you see, but we realize after Subhanallah, Allah Tabarak wa Taala's Prophet he says the truth. So Makala after that, Imam Shatib when he brings that he says فَهَذَا مِنْ فَوَائِدِ الْمُلَازَمَةِ This is the benefits of being consistent and being with وَالْإِنْقِيَادِ لِلْعُلَمَاءِ and being submitted because the Prophet was the scholar of that time he's the Prophet of Allah. And they were with him. And they consistent with him. Submitted themselves to him. And being with the scholars, this is the benefit it has. You're going to come to just listen to them. Submit yourself to them. Because they will give a ruling sometimes. You may not see where they're coming from. But you'll just be quiet. And later you'll say, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Look how they saw it. وَالصَّبْرُ عَلَيْهِمْ فِي مَوَاطِنِ الْإِشْكَالِ And you're also going to come with patience with the scholar. The times when he says things that have sh- sh- you don't know what, where is he heading with this. Until it becomes clear to your eyes and you see where, where he was coming from. Until he goes on to say, And he said, this is after a while, and he said, sufficient for you is this particular principle is that you do not find a scholar who become famous amongst the people. He's known except that he has a role model that he takes from. He is a scholar in which he takes from, and he references back, and that he's always seeing him as a, as a source for source of reference. وَقَلَّمَا أَنْ it is little وُجِدَتْ فِرْقَةٌ زَائِغَةٌ And it is also very little to find a deviated group. إِلَّا وَلَا أَحَدٌ مُخَالِفٌ لِلسُنَّةِ it is very little to find a deviated group and a, and a person who's deviated except that he goes and uh, who goes against the sunnah. There's not a group who go against the sunnah and a person who goes against the sunnah. It is very little to find except that the reason for this is what? They're not, they are not known to take from the scholars and they were not nurtured by the scholars and they were not, huh? They, they, they were... They never reference the scholars. And this is what And this goes against the Aymat al Arba, Abu Hanifa, Al Imam Malik, Al Imam Shafi, Al Imam Muhammad. All of them. They have a chain. Fulan took from Fulan took from the ulama they took from, they studied with. Now he goes on to say, Wa ida thabata, if it becomes clear. أنه لا بد من أخذ من أخذ أهل من أخذ العلم عن أهله. If it becomes clear that it's obligatory to take knowledge from its people, فلذلك الطريقان there are two ways to take it from the Ahlul The first one is المشافهة. مشافهة means taking it from the mouth of the scholar directly by going to his gatherings. وهي أنفع الطريقين وأسلمهما. And this path is the best of the two paths. 
The first one is the best. The second one's going to come, but the first one is the best of the paths. And then he mentions benefits of Imam Shatibi in the gatherings of the scholars and the things that he has, why it's beneficial. And then after that he goes, يُفْتَحُ لِلْمُتَعَلِّمِينَ This student, it is open for him. On the hands of the shaykh, مَا لَا يُفْتَحُ لَهُ دُونَهُمْ That which is not open elsewhere. وَيَبْقَى ذَلِكَ النُّورِ لَهُمْ بِمِقْدَارِ مَا بَقَوْ فِي مُتَابَعَةِ مُعَلِّمِهِمْ وَتَأْدِيبِهِمْ مَاعَهُ وَاخْتِدَائِهِمْ بِهِ And that light will stay with him. As long as he remains following his teacher and the mannering of his teacher and following the footsteps of his teacher. That's the first step. The second step is looking at the books of the people of knowledge and going to the books of the people of knowledge. And going to the books and the places which they have, they have authored their works, articles and reading them and knowing the terminologies of the scholars and what they mean by each word that which allows you to look at the books in the first place you are, you are you're familiar with terms and the scholars what they mean by it and you won't be able to know the terminologies and the things that are in this book. You won't be able to fully understand it unless you previously took from the scholars. Ah. Or you're not or always referencing them back. So you read the book, you call the scholars, and you say, Shaykhuna, I read this. What, what did I understand from it? Was it right? Was, was this what he's trying to say? And, well, nah. And he goes on to say, And this is the statement of the scholars who say, Knowledge is to be in the chest of scholars. And then it moved on to books. And the keys are in the hands of the scholars. And the book alone does not benefit the student whatsoever. Unless the scholars come and unlock it for you. The book, it won't benefit you if you don't have the keys for it. And the keys are in the hands of the scholars. So they have to open it for you. They're the ones who know how to open it and unlock it. So if you're not referencing the scholars when reading, and you're not going back to them, and if you previously, in the beginning, didn't take knowledge from them, then don't hope to gain anywhere through the knowledge. So all these treasures and all these gems and jewels that are in these books, la buddha, it is necessary for a... I'm not, this is not the quote of Shatibi, it's finished. But the statement of Shatibi is that the gems and the jewels that are in these books, which we want to gain, la buddha fihi min miftah, there has to be a key. And the keys are in the hands of the scholars. And without those keys, You're never going to gain what's in this, this noble book that you're trying to read and you look at. And you're never going to be precise in it unless you've taken it from its people. 